focusing on an emerging generation of kings. John 21. The word says from verse 1, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Look at somebody say, God will show you this morning. Like Duni said, she wasn't expecting the message to go in that direction, but God showed her. Where's Duni? God showed you, and may God show up for you in greater ways. So God showed himself again. So you may have had a revelation of Jesus, but Jesus wants to reveal himself to you again. Now, you may have had a revelation of Jesus again, but it says, and in this way, he showed himself. I pray that this week, the Lord will show himself to you in a way you've never seen before. Yeah. Simon Peter, Thomas, son, uh, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. So let's count. There was Simon, there was Thomas, there was Nathaniel, right? The sons of Zebedee. That's two and then two others. So seven disciples were with him. And Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And the next line it says, and they said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately they got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, to them, what did he say? Can you read it louder, please? And they answered and said to him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Who's the disciple that Jesus loved? John. He was speaking about himself. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he had removed it. And then he plunged. He plunged into the sea. He was like, I can't watch this. I'm embarrassing myself. But the other disciples came in the little boats, for they were not far from the land, about 200 cubits. Did somebody find the meter equivalent er, uh, asked for earlier? 200 cubits, 53 meters, half a football field. Football field is about 110 meters. So half a football field. He had to drag the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there. And fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land. Full of 53, full of large fish. 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. God will give you a massive harvest that will not break your network. Some of you didn't say your amen like your network was already clear. There's a massive harvest that is coming your way. It's going to be big, it's going to be large, it's going to be significant, yet you will not be broken. You will not have a mental breakdown, you will not have an emotional breakdown, you will not have a character breakdown. You know there are some blessings that can break somebody's character. In other words, the blessing can be bigger than their readiness for it. But when God is involved and you have a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ, your spine will still be standing. When the budget is 10 billion or 100 million, your spine will still be standing. Because not by power, not by might, but by the 
sovereign spirit of God a mighty catch of fish that the Lord will bring into your space and into your life somebody shout an earth shattering amen what did Jesus say to them verse 12 Jesus said to them what did he say shout a louder for those who just think, you know, there are many things I do. Everybody thinks you're just being creative. You're just being fancy. Just like to do different things. But when you really study the things I do, you're going to find it in the word. So Jesus does not just call us to prayer meeting. He calls us to chopping meeting. There is a religious context in Africa that sees Jesus the prayer warrior, but not Jesus the breakfast eater. And your revelation of the Christ is not complete without food. Are we seeing this now? So some people think that breakfast is not spiritual. Jesus fulfilled the cycle of death, burial, and resurrection. He came after the resurrection. So there was the last supper, but the last supper was not the last meal. It was the last supper because it was supper. After the last supper, there was another breakfast. When people think that they've seen the last of you, God will open up a breakfast for you. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Supper is what you take in the evening or early evening or at night. When people feel like God has wrapped up on your harvest, on your increase, on what he can do in your life, easy. Here comes breakfast that will make easy say, easy, you are. send you an easy song inducing harvest it means king make you go king he said come and eat breakfast look for two people say come and eat breakfast it's an ivy from Jesus it's an ivy invitation from Jesus it said yet none of his disciples dared ask him who are you knowing that it was the Lord Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish now, this is the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Somebody say amen. amen. Father, we thank you for illumination, understanding, capacity, and the ability to absorb the nutrients of the word and to apply the essence of your intention for us in our individual lives, in our families, in our workspaces, in the ministry, the local church, and the global body of Christ. We thank you, Lord, that nobody will leave here malnourished. Nobody will leave here weak, insipid, little livered, tired, in fatigue or distress. But we are energized by the spirit of truth, by the life of your word. If there's any sickness anywhere, I rebuke you right now. In the name of Jesus, as we eat the word of life and participate in breaking material bread, that everything that needs to be broken in our lives be completely obliterated. Let everything that needs to be built up and synthesized be reintegrated and f uh, let us be fully furnished to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Food is so important to God. The first book of the Bible, you're going to find food in it. The last food of the book of the Bible, you're going to find food in it. And the life and times of Jesus are punctuated by stories and encounters and clusters around food. There was something about food that was the rallying point for communities, for nations, for people, and all of that. So we see that the first mention of the, of the word food in the Bible is Genesis chapter 1, verse 29. It says that I've given you the herbs of the field and the plants and the fruits of the 
the tree is for food. So food is not man's idea. Food is God's idea. Come on somebody. God knows that you need food. In the book of Luke, he said, do not worry about what you will eat or what you will drink. Your heavenly father knows that you have a need of these things. He already provides it. I just want to pray for somebody who has been borrowing money to eat. Somebody who has been begging to feed. That as you immerse yourself in this revelation, you will no longer borrow. You will understand that God already has a portion of food allocated to you on a daily basis. How do I know when they were in the wilderness and they were there, there was no shop rights, but there was nothing left over. Come on. There was nothing that they didn't have left over rather because God himself already provided more than enough in the wilderness. No refrigeration, no logistical supply chain, but there was the ceaseless stream of abundant supply from heaven. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God's got you covered. Whether you're in Pharaoh's confines or you're on, in transit, whether you're in a palace, residence or you're in a desert every child of God has a divine allocation for food David said I've been young now I'm old I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed beg breads come on somebody look at three people and tell them there is enough bread to go around tell that person that there is enough bougon. Have you ever heard that expression? Enough bougon to go around. And when God gives you bread, it's better than agege bread. When God gives you bread, come on, it can give you different flavors of bread. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When people hear that Jesus is the bread of life, somewhere in their minds, they think it's just one boring collection of dough that has been passed through the heat and you're eating the same thing over and over. But how many flavors of bread do you have on earth that were man-made? Come on somebody. Do you have coconut bread? Tell me. What other kind of bread do you have? Chocolate bread. What else do you have? Banana bread. What else do you have? Wheat bread. What else do you have? Cake bread. What else do you have? Sardine bread. Sardine bread. Sardine and sardine bread. What else do you have? Almond bread. What else do you have? Kuli kuli bread. What else do you have? fruit bread cake bread if man is intelligent enough to come up with different flavors of bread when jesus calls himself the bread of life i can assure you there are different flavors of that bread in other words sometimes uh, it will be the bread that multiplies bread sometimes it's going to be the bread and say come and eat me as bread are you hearing what i'm saying sometimes as bread he heals somebody by speaking other times it does not speak to he touches them there are flavors of life and colors of divine essence that you have not come into yourself and all you thought was that only God or God can only preach in church but God can preach in the graveyard and tell Lazarus come forth he can stand on a boat and preach he can heal somebody at a breakfast service are you hearing what I'm saying I pray that God breaks all the boundaries and the barriers and the barricades in your mind that have limited God to the narrow straw of your own imagination that you begin to experience the flavors and the colors of God when God God was going to use a sign. He didn't just use a sign to say he won't destroy the earth again. He won't destroy the earth again with a sign. He used signs in a sign, rainbow. God said, I will add seven colors just to prove a point. I'm serious. You're not hearing what I'm saying. In other words, all people thought was that light is light and light is white light. But there is a red light. There is orange light. There is yellow light. There is green light. There is blue, indigo, violet. If all you've been seeing is the white light of God, I pray that your eyes 
sees the eyes of your understanding are enlightened that you see the flavors the sudden stone the onyx the topaz who am I speaking to some of you you are not ready for the colors of God I feel like preaching a series on the colors of God help me look for three people who are a little colorful and tell them they are flavors in God Stop being a boring believer. Some of you cannot even stand up. Get out of your seat and look for three people and tell them there are colors in God. There are flavors in God. There are dimensions in God. There are realms in God. There are realms in God. There are flavors in God. There are capacities in God. So we see food. There's even angels bread. Yeah, it's in the Bible. Psalm 75. He said he fed them with the bread of angels. This is the reason you know food is not just for the earth. Angels have food. You see, a lot of people just read the Bible religiously. It is there. Say, give them the food of angels. The Bible says that Elijah was running. He was tired. Some of you don't need deliverance. You need food. You are tired. You are stressed. You need sleep and food. Some of us need a vacation. Santorini. Canary Islands. Or am I just going to count some seashells? Somebody can get it. Elijah. He was frustrated and tired. God, I'm done. God, I'm done. I said, but boy, just, just calm down. Sleep. The guy slept. An angel came and woke him and there was bread ready. Where did the angel get bread? How do I know it's not normal bread? The Bible says he ran in the strength of the second meal for 40 days. That means there is food and there is food. Somebody didn't hear what I said. There is the food of man. It's like fuel. There is the food of man that keeps you for a few hours. But there is the bread of heaven. He says, they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. What does it mean to renew in that context? Exchange their strength. That's why when you fast and you don't feast on the bread of heaven, you're only starving yourself. When you fast, you are exchanging the food of men for the food of angels. Some of you didn't hear what I just said. The word renew in Isaiah 40, 31 is exchange. That means you put the material food away. Kisopakaya. Have you noticed the first two or three days of a fast, you are still feeling the hunger. But by the sixth day, the fasting is doing you. Simple, I've never fasted before. Fast is coming. I see it coming. <laughs> this is the bread of angels. Oh, sorry. Thank you, sweetie. There's the bread of angels. And then Jesus said, I am the bread of God. I am the bread of life. So we see the John chapter 6, verse 35. John chapter 6, verse 41. We find bread. Now, in the last book of the Bible, it speaks about the marriage supper of the Lamb. Look at somebody say, God loves food. Now, when I say God loves food, I'm not saying God is a warbier. Have you heard that expression before? 
Revelations 19 verse 9. He said, then he said to me, right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. So there's a marriage supper of the Lamb. And a lot of people in the church have actually religionized it. The thing is a picture. It's not a picture. Jesus said, I will not drink of this wine again until I drink it with you in the kingdom of God. Now, when he was drinking the wine with them, was he virtual wine he was drinking? Jesus' Jesus body was transformed. Glorified body. He came to the earth. Acts chapter, sorry, John chapter 21. And it said, children, have you any bread? In one account, we see that he actually, another time, we see that actually ate bread. Watch this. Ate food with them. And he walked through the door, and the food did not hang on the door. Kabaziga. There are realms in God. That's why if all you are obsessed with is material food, then Jesus calls you this in John 21 verse 5. When he came to the, to the show, what did he call them? Say, what they call them? In other words, anybody who's overly obsessed with daily sustenance is a child in the spirit. Oh, y'all didn't get that. If all you're thinking is what we eat to keep soul and body together, you're a child in the spirit. Because you're still focused on what God already took off your list. God is saying, I wired you with so much intelligence and creativity. I don't want you to consume your intelligence and creativity in trying to sustain yourself. It's only a deficient machine that uses all of its resources in maintaining itself. <laughs> Somebody should get it. Has this happened to you before? It happens on iPhone quite, quite often if you take as many videos and pictures as I do. Right, your iPhone, you see the calibration of memory, right? You're going to see photos and videos, and you're going to see files, then you see other. And sometimes the other will clog up all of that. All the space, other, that's elements that associated with downloading or uploading or things that are not, cannot be defined as files, but they're taking up space. And so many times you can't even delete those others, you have to format the phone. This is what happens with many people's spiritual devices. It's consumed not with the photos of God and the videos of the intention of the divine, but with others. So the memory is clogged, not with memory verses. But what will I eat it? Leave God, Joe. Let's focus on what mango chop. Look at somebody say, we deliver you from addiction to food, from obsession. In our text, watch this. We find Jesus. Jesus is the one coming for the disciples. I close the first service by talking about the fact that ever so often, people abuse Peter. How can Peter deny Jesus? Peter, of all this, God gave you a revelation, change your name. You saw a revelation from God, called him the Christ and all of that. How can Peter deny Jesus? At least Peter was there, close enough to deny him. Where were the other disciples? Oh, can I talk right now? Look at somebody say, are you even close enough to Jesus for people to know you are denying him? If we go on your WhatsApp, are we going to know what's up? If we go on your story, are we going to see story, story? Once upon a...
I used to be. Ask the angels. 2007, I was the hottest believer on campus. All of them disappeared. At least Peter observed from a distance to see how far I could go. Because some of us are petrish in our walk with Jesus. We are pit, petros. We are petrified. Petrified. Now walk with Jesus. I don't want to get too close because Jesus is so controversial, it can be dangerous to my ambition. How many of you know it's true? How many of you know that Jesus can be uh, dangerous to your ambition? That you can have a goal in front of you and God says, no, that's not why I created you. Oh, who, whose plans have been disrupted by God at some point or the other? You told yourself, I am going out of this country. And God said, your brother can go, your sister can go. But you, you better stay. Even though you're still writing your IELTS. Every time you're writing it, your chest is doing beginning, 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 beginning. Because you know you're outside of the will of God. I don't know who I'm talking to. That might just be somebody's prophecy. Or God said, you know what? I don't want you to go out with that boy. Mm. Said God, if I go out with him, I will come into you with him. God said, that's way abuse. I am the way, you are not the way. Abuse of the way. God can disrupt your agenda. Peter's agenda was to be a successful fisherman. I want to be number one fisherman in the world. Well, we're not told he did that. But the passion, or said that, the passion and devotion we see him demonstrating, the attachment to fishing, lets us know that there was some bond there. Is somebody here now? And watch this. Every area where you have a bond is a potential area of bondage. Because bondage is any bond that has lasted an age. When the bond lasts beyond the age for which it was created, it becomes bondage. Anything you are attached to after God says let go off is holding you back. You think you're holding it down, but it's holding you down. Come on, somebody. Oh, who am I speaking to this morning? Because it's saying, Peter, I have called you to graduation. You are no longer to catch fish. You are now to catch Look at somebody say, stop catching crews, catch men. Because when you catch crews for so long, then you start catching feelings. When you start catching feelings, you start catching cold. When you start catching cold, you start playing catcher. When you start playing catcher, you go out of the catchment area. So Peter had that. If Peter had those plans. And Jesus, follow me. And he left it and followed. But isn't it amazing how we leave certain things, but there's still a hook in our mind? It may be a very subconscious thing that if the pressure is too intense, I, I got some. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Just leaving the door. They say, don't jam the door. Just leave it open. Because. Even though you're not living in Ajah, you're leaving the door ajar. Because lucky. <laughs> Where did you leave the door?
door open. Why? Because whenever there is pressure, if the door is still open, the enemy will remind you that there's still a way back. Peter said, I'm going to fish. And watch this, the power of influence. Anything God is interested in, the devil is interested in. Peter said, I'm going to fish. I can't see how much time I have. Everybody knows that's a dangerous thing. <laughs> Everybody knows. So help me to help you. <laughs> May I live in eternity? <laughs> time is not my thing. <laughs> so help me. I think about this time I should have maybe like 15 minutes or so. But since you don't know, you can. <laughs> you can add extra. So you see that anything God is interested in, the devil is interested in. And so the moment, watch this, the moment Peter was told, Thou art Peter, and upon the rock of the revelation you have, I will build my church. Do you know that at that moment, Peter received heaven's endorsement? It was a public endorsement. And so it meant in the subconscious of the other disciples that anything Peter is doing is worth doing. This is the dangerous thing about revelation. The right revelation in one moment can cause you to mis mislead people in another moment. Are you getting this? The fact that somebody is right in preaching does not mean they are living right. You can preach right and not live right. In other words, don't be too superly excited about somebody because a message really blessed you. Oh, you're not sure. You can be excited, but you need to follow, watch over time. I didn't say don't be excited. Don't be overly. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because 45 minutes does not always define decades of people's lives. But it's a generation that feels like if you can post the revelation online, you are one with God. You are joined to Christ. You are married to Christ. Therefore, like Christ. <laughs> so you see this now. Peter said, I'm going to fish. And guess what? The other said, we go with you. Not even all of them were fishermen. The Bible never tells us that Thomas was a fisherman. The Bible never tells us that Nathaniel was a fisherman. But careful who you are connected to because your connection to them can be your disconnection. Say, I'm going to fish. Ah, we go with you. Piroski, Babake, Babeleja, Twale Baba, I am your fish, catch me. No other man can catch fish like can catch fish. Me, I'm your tilapia. Give me J. See, I'm going fishing. They said, we are going with you also. And watch this. They went out. And when did they get aboard? Immediately got into the boat. Listen, please. There is always easy transportation to the wrong destination. Oh, some of y'all didn't get that. There is always timely and easy transportation to the wrong destination. Have you noticed that men says when we want to do the right thing, it seems like everywhere is fighting your righteousness. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Tony? But when you want to do the wrong thing, 
everything is hell in my superstar. Have you noticed that? Oh, nobody here has done any bad thing before. <laughs> it's good to see you, man. <laughs> right? Immediately, they got into the boat. And that night, so they spent the night and they caught nothing. Oh my God. In the morning, guess what happened? Jesus appeared to them on the shore. I'm grateful for a Jesus that does not dissolve in the desperation of my night seasons. I'm grateful for a Jesus that does not bail on me when I'm looking for a bailout package from life. I'm grateful for a Jesus that does not abandon, dump, evict, disconnect from me. But whilst I'm thinking all night, he is praying all night. Whilst I'm disappointed, Bane him all night, all night long. He is going, oh, and, and planning the way for him to come to me in the morning. Who is grateful that Jesus was not discouraged by the darkness of your night, by the bleakness of your circumstance, by the rebellion of your attitude, by the disposition of your mind, by your cantankerous atmosphere and the pride and the pomp and the arrogance, but somehow he came looking for you. Where are the grateful Jesus people? Where are the grateful people whilst you are frolicking with, with this person and that person? Oh, when you had Ramatu the other night and Funke and Ungazi and all of that, Jesus was like, I'm coming for you. You have become fish, but I'm coming to catch you. You are beginning to drown in the pond I sent you to fish from. But I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. Jesus was there on shore. And look at this. Can you imagine? The disciples did not know. The Bible says, yet. He stood on shore. Morning, yet. The disciples did not know. How do you spend three years, three and a half years, with somebody from recorded history, somewhere between four and seven days a week? Because for you to be following the teacher or the disciple, you need to be with him at least every other day. That's why discipleship is not long distance learning. It's close contact. It's not exciting preaching from a stage. That's preach discipleship. Discipleship, close contact. It's a contact sport. Because... They are long-range demons, but they are also demons that wrestle. You don't wrestle over a distance. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Disciples are territory takers because you have to be taken by God to take territories for God. Not every believer is a territory taker. Because not every believer is a threat to hell. Every believer is a loss to hell, but not every believer is a threat A disciple is a threat because he looks just like Jesus. He has not just received the life of Jesus, he is externalizing the nature and the character of Jesus. And so a believer gets saved, watch this, by receiving the life of Jesus. A disciple is one that is now giving back that life to Jesus. Because until you are saved, you have nothing to give Jesus because you were dead. So when you're dead, you receive the life of Jesus. 
His life brings you to life and all your gifts, abilities, imaginations, faculties are opened up. But it's the disciple that says, all these things you're showing me and giving me, I'll use them for you. So Jesus comes. They didn't know it was Jesus. Isn't it amazing how when we spend a night with ourselves, and the night doesn't have to be a chronological night, a night is the region of darkness in which we are trying to find our way without God. When we go into those seasons, those protractors without illumination, isn't it amazing that Jesus will be in front of us, we will not see him. The word says, yet they did not know. Don't forget, there was a time Jesus walked on water, right? And they did not know. He was on water. The Bible says here that he was now on shore. He was on shore, but they were on shore. On shore. Somebody didn't get it. Come on. Come on. <laughs> you didn't get it. Should I talk about Rex on a... I don't know. But, but the morning had now come. Jesus stood on the shore. I want to prophesy over somebody's life. Your morning has now come. If you really understood the power of that proclamation, you will shout amen louder. Your morning has now come. Your morning has now come. Some of you have been in the night for three months. Daily dialing with God. Should I, should I not? At a time there is some streak of confusion. Double-mindedness, uncertainty in your life. Should I, should I not? Should I do my master? Should I not? Should I get married? Should I not? Should I go to Canada? Should I That is the night season where it's too dark for it to be morning. Where you have no illumination, no clarity, no specificity. But the Bible says that now Jesus came in the morning. The word says we may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning I come with a prophetic trumpet in the spirit that your morning has now come in the name of Jesus the dark days are over the dark nights are over even if you watch Batman no dark night is rising now the dark days are over in the name of Jesus you're entering into the zone of the super the zone of the extraordinary the light of God is breaking upon you the Bible says concerning Job those days when the lamp of God shined upon my head. Well, these are your days of divine illumination. Your days of being soaked and baked in the light of God. Where you know what to do. Where you know where to go. Where you know what to say. Where you know how to turn. In the name of Jesus. No more confusion. No more confusion. No more confusion over your life. They didn't know. Do you know what Jesus said? They didn't know it was him. What did he say? Children, have you any food? Who calls who children? Parents. Jesus called them friend when it was before the crucifixion. After the crucifixion. He said, I fulfilled all the protocols that will allow me to manifest even my deity on earth. He called them children. In other words, I am as much your friend as I am your father. <laughs> that which Isaiah spoke about, I embody. For unto us a child is born, a child is born. 
a son is given and his name shall be what? Wonderful. Counselor, what else? Everlasting father. The child is born. The child is born. Son is given. The name of that son and that child is who? So the child is the father. Oh, yeah, Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. The child is the father. So when it's calling them children, it's saying that you're operating the child dimension of the spirit spectrum. But I am the father. And just like the child is the father, when I call you children, there is the same nature I have on the inside of you. So I am not coming to say, have you not food? I'm coming to say, have you any food? Because God never approaches the believer from the premise of what you don't have. Oh. You're not getting this. He approaches the believer always from the premise of what do you have. He doesn't say, oh, you see, you have wasted your time. He said, have you any food? God is not a God of have-nots. He's a God of have, have more, have more to give the have-nots, have so much more. He's the God of superabundance. So when it says, cast your net into the See, he said, cast the right side of the boat and you will find some. Some. Look at this. He said, you will find some. They cast and now they weren't able to draw it because of what? Because of what? What Jesus calls some is what you call multitude. Jesus says some is your surplus. Y'all, you all miss that. Jesus says some is your surplus. So whenever you have surplus, Jesus is saying there's still some more. There's still some more. There's still increase. Oh, it's like several are not hearing this message. Should I come to the back to preach to some people right there that you have not seen anything yet? You have not seen anything yet. You're already palpitating because you got a millionaire. You're already losing your mind because you got five millionaire. That is joke money. That that is chickeny money. That is play money. Some of you are not even imagining it in your mind. But I prophesy over somebody who is even skeptical. God is about to blow your mind. Blow your phone with some alerts. Blow, 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 blow the confines and the limitations of your thinking with extraordinary supply receiving perfecter in the name of Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Mr. T said you will find some. And when you think about some, how many would you think about? Like how many? Give me numbers. Maybe 20, maybe 8, maybe what? Maybe 12. Because there were 12 disciples and there were 7 of them on the shore. Jesus says, I don't do anything small. It may start small, but it's going to grow. It may seem little, but it's going to become mighty. It may be tiny, but the seed of the righteous shall be mighty in the earth. He said they carried it and they were not able to draw it. Have you gotten to a place where you're not able to withdraw money? Are you here? Like the person I'm preaching to is not here. These people seem like they just want that Titus sardine. That's all you want God to do. One Titus teen size sardine. But where are those who are ready for the big fish? Oh, I'm not convinced that you're here this morning. Where are those who are ready for the big fish? Give me verse 7. Where are those who are ready? Look at what I said. John said to him, It is the Lord. Peter heard it. it was the Lord. Put on his outer garment and he plunged into the sea. Why would he plunge into the sea when you hear is the Lord? 
Who was the first, who was the first person to recognize it was the Lord? Who was the first person? No. Who was the first person? The disciple John. John. Who was the first person? Who was the first person? Who was the last person to leave Jesus at the cross? The one who stays with him the longest sees him the clearest. John was the last to leave and the first to recognize. This is why the Bible says many who are first will be last. The first to leave are often the last to know what he's doing. The last to leave the place of communion, fellowship, intimacy. They are often the first. Because if the power of a secret is in its secrecy. Oh, y'all too. You're too saturated. You want food now? Let's, let's go. On. Let's go. Let's go. On. You're all too saturated. By the time the secret is in the open, the value of it has reduced. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you're buying Bitcoin now, it's still a good time, early days, to buy Bitcoin. But use your brain. Consult people, the right people. But if you had bought Bitcoin when it was $2,000, it's about 51 or how, how much is it now? About $51,000, $50,000. So you'd have had 25 times within a few years. When the secret, the Bible says the covenant of the Lord, secrets of the Lord are with those who fear him. So if you are the first to leave the place of communion, you're likely going to be the last to recognize. But Jesus, brother John, was the last to leave the cross. Jesus said, son, behold your mother, mother, behold your son. And it was the one that could educate Peter who had the revelation before. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Because the fact that you got the revelation before does not mean that's still what heaven is saying now. Simon Peter heard it. He jumped into the sea. Sister, why did he jump into the sea? He was ashamed. He was shy. It was like, in your body, say, oh, you see me. Now his eyes are pushing me. You don't want to see, you can't watch. He's like, I can't watch. I can't deal moment. He couldn't deal. Why couldn't he deal? Jesus does not come with a whiplash to say, you, nonsense, but you say you won't deny me, you denied me. Jesus blessed him into him being too shy. God is about to use his goodness to decorate your life. To a point where you'll be like, God, I can't watch. And that can't watch does not mean you run away. It means you close your eyes and worship. Because the Shekinah and the beauty and the glory and the mercy and the power of God will be so strong upon your life. Is somebody hearing this now? How many fish did they catch? How many fish? No, the Bible lists it. 153 fish and the Bible does not call, just call them fish he says they were large fish God why would you bless me with my greatest blessing after my greatest mess up because it's the goodness of God that causes men to come to repentance are you hearing what I'm saying don't go slow, slow just here but play the goodness, not the badness of God. God is so good, he has no badness to spare. Large fish. How many people, how many people were on shore? Seven people. 
please help me divide 153 by 7. 21 large fish for every piece of food I have asked you for I can give you 21 of it so why did he ask them for food he wanted them to participate in the fellowship with the fatherhood of God the fatherhood of God provides he does not beg are you hearing this the father of fatherhood of God shares the father of fatherhood of God is generous. It's lavish. It's unending. It's abundant. It's outrageous in its supply. It's multifaceted. So 21 fish for seven people. In other words, the way Jason is looking the way Jason is looking at no no that's not that's, that's not do you know what that means you eat so you are so full and you have supply this is how I know that God was not just trying to provide food for them he knew they could never finish it God was trying to initiate them into the kingdom the kingdom is that when the father provides he gives you so much more than you can consume because the definition of the kingdom is an ever-increasing quotient. That's why it says concerning that government, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, Everlasting Father, to the increase of his kingdom there shall be, look at somebody say, when you are feasting with Jesus, there's so much more. When you are feasting with Jesus, there's so much more. When you are already full, guess what God said? That is just the starter. You have not even seen the main course. Some of you are already choking on the starter. When it gives you a job or a promotion or increase, that is just the starter. I've not even started. That's appetizer. I'm just trying to whet your appetite. So you can, you can see that if you stay with me, I've got so much more. More than enough. I'm not just the God of do I'm the God of overdue and when you think I've overdone I'll do again because what you call a multitude is just my psalm now you've seen mama put but now there is father put daddy put your daddy will put more he'll give you the bokata of blessing he'll give you the shower of showers of blessing he'll give you the snail of supply he'll give you the tilapia of triumph he will give you the shaki of shaki tibaba. Look for three people. Tell them there is so much more. Getting radical. Somebody shout there is so much more. Hey. 153 large fish. Have you seen the way fish bubble? God is about to cause certain things to bubble in your life. Bubble in your life. Some of you, you just need to allow yourself to see the goodness of God. That's all you need to do. Because you have to tell yourself the truth that this fishing you've been fishing all night, you still don't have food. Sustenance. This thing, you still don't have it. He said, but I am unsure. And I'm to be more, do you know what I love about Jesus? Whilst they were inside the fish and all of that, it's not just, I mean, inside the sea. Inside the fish, that's Jonah. John. Ah, Jonah, okay. So, 
<laughs> inside the fish, sorry, inside the sea, under the sea, under the sea. <laughs> Am I now a God? I'm your husband. Okay, but Abraham called, Sarah called Abraham Lord. So. So see this, once they were hustling there, Bros. G just locked up one side, sat down on the shore. Kayaba Saga. Show us that. Show us that. And they found coals. Show us that. Media be fast. Coals of fire. Oh my Lord. But they see, as soon as they had come to land, they saw what? A fire of coals. None of them was called one day, but there was coal. And do you know what the one day was? Alone, one one day bear. One day coal. Some people are holding the scream inside. It's when they get on the bus. Ah! Let me tell you, it doesn't matter how black you are. Jesus can wash you white as snow. Do you hear what I'm saying? Mm. Help me close, help me close. I need, I need some energy to close. Help me. Will you help me close? Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there. And what was there? Fish was what? Laid on it. And what? What they were dying to get. Jesus already set up for them. There is something you're running after that you need to just walk into. Jesus got you covered. You don't need. See, because if they had caught all the fish and they caught all the fish, they had no coals, they had no fire. Jesus said, I got coals, I have fire. I'll not only give you fish, I'll roast it for you. I won't only roast it, I will grill it for you. I won't just grill it, I will eat with you. God wants you to move away from feasting on your effort laboring on your sweat agitating yourself by the economy and get to the economy of Jesus and get to the economy of God and get to a place where you sit with the master and you can see coals of fire watch this, the fish you caught it is cold undeniable except you, you want sushi, undesirable but I've got heat and what if you don't like your food hot no problem, the wind on the shore will cool it down the goodness of God factors into his call upon your life. Anything you will ever need, desire, or wish you had. Help me. I need to close. Help me close. Hot. Hot fish. Roast fish. Roasted fish. Could even be fried. Eja the Bible doesn't tell us there, but I'm surprised if they had sliced some pepper to spice it up. The God who can get coals. But do you know what the greatness of the story is? The greatness of the story is not just that I'm willing to be your redeemer and your rescuer. I say I'm willing to be your chef and your cook. I 
I will cook you into your destiny where you are undone and raw and bloody and messed up and slimy and with gills and scales and fins and clean you up roast you the fish was laid on it guess what else was there bread I taught you some months ago that when the stew is ready bread was sure here Jesus said if you like fish you're going to need some bread not only for compliments but I'm a God of balanced diets hey I wish I could preach to somebody God will not bless you with a marriage and mock you with poverty in it God will not bless you or are you hearing with a child and then mock you with the inability to raise the child not only with finances but also with heart and character and mind God will not bless you with a calling and not send you co-laborers I give you fish, I'll give you bread. I give you bread, I'll give you fish. That's why even in the wilderness there was quail and there was manna. There was protein and carbohydrate. There was solid and there was liquid. Are you hearing what I'm saying right now? Can we thank God, the God of super supply, the God of balanced diet, the God of increase, the God of altogether lovely, the God of more than enough. Oh, raise those voices. I still have more to teach, but we've got to close now so we can eat. God says, I've got you covered. You already stressed all night. So, uh, I don't want to come out now and start setting up fire and take... And you know what it means? Jesus is saying, I've taken the heat. You take the meat. Take the meat. It's got the heat. Take the meat. It's got the heat. Take the meat. Who wants to come to the Lord's table? You know, many times we think the Lord's table is just bread and wine, communion. They're symbols, they're emblems. The Lord's table is the place of redemptive supply, it's the place of abundance. It's the place where there's so much supply, He calls Himself the food. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the symbolism, but I'm telling you the symbol is always weaker than the substance. Do you get it? The Lord's table is the place of God's supply. That's what it is. The place of God's supply. Today, as we eat with our brothers and sisters, a spiritual family, and some of us are biological family, let us come to the Lord's table. Let us come to the place of God's supply. Let's come to the place of full trust. There's some of us who are in transition. Some of you are in transition in your place of job, in your place of work, from being a regular staff to being a management staff, and you feel, do I have enough? Do I have enough to handle this? There's a lot of supply. Some of you are moving from middle management to senior management. There's a lot of supply. Senior management to executive, there's a lot of supply. Some of you are moving from BSc to do your PhD or your master's. There's supply. Some of you, some of us have given birth in the last one, two years. Shire, there's supply supply your business is expanding your child is growing so I know that sometimes you feel like everything is just stretching come come put of you mark who are Samba in the there is supply not just money money is a part of not just money but the capacity and the strength 
the strength. Some people are traveling out of the country. I'm aware of some people here who are processing their papers. And I, I'm aware that I'm not aware of some. Whatever the case is, if it's the Lord sending you, don't think where will they come from? There is supply. But let me even tell you something. The trap of a transition God has not commissioned is that because of the goodness of God, you can even get supply where he did not send you to. He didn't send them to the Sea of Tiberias. But I'm praying for more than supply. I'm praying for alignment. Some of you will go out of the country. As you go, you will not go out of your destiny. You will not go out of your purpose. But in that place, you might be going under the guise of work or uh, assessment. But if you are a member of the kingdom, you are being deployed. You will find your mission field. You will find your place in that place. One of the things God told me when we were coming back, I said you have to come back because some people need to go the right way. Receive supply. Go, go, receive supply. We've come to the Lord's table. It's hot. From today, you will no longer settle for stale supply. Jesus never gave anything stale. Look at the Bible in the desert. He said, don't save it till the next day. The currency of this is trust. Trust is, I will give you enough for that season, for that time. That's the currency. Don't save it. That's why sometimes when you save what God says, spend or give, it rots. Keeping what God said, let go off, is the breeding ground for worms. That's what mana was. The mana became mana mana. You know mana mana? What's mana mana? What's mana mana? Fluctuating. <laughs> My database is very full. <laughs> it's not full in Jesus' name. It's just rich. So the manna became, because every time they kept sell the next day, what happened? Maggots came out of it. So what preserved the manna was not the environment. What preserved the manna was the alignment. Alignment is what secures manna. It's not environment. environment hey if it's environment it's all these things will not be here it's alignment it's alignment it's alignment and in the line to which i've called you there's a line of supply god is the chief of supply chain management he has a supply chain so don't break the chain the supply chain is i give you you give others i give you give back to me this is the supply chain of God. Supply, 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 supply. Give to God, give to men. That's the supply chain. It's a function of trust. It's a function of trust. When you hold it, it's no longer a chain. It's now a chain that binds you. It's no longer a chain. It's now a, an enslavement. It's no longer a supply chain. It's an enslavement chain. And it doesn't matter how much of a fashion statement you're trying to make. Wearing a prison chain around your neck makes you look ludicrous. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everybody didn't get that. As this while laughing. Father, we thank you. We're feasting with Jesus. There's always takeaway. More than enough. Supply for every thirsty soul, every hungry heart. Now filled with the abundance of heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for this breakfast service. 
the way we have eaten so richly and so freely and the way we still eat some that will be the continuous tale of our lives in the name of Jesus supernatural supply unending increase the multitude of your mercy garrisons us I pray particularly for those who are hard pressed right now financially those who are trusting for a job those who are trusting for a job or some kind of income or monies that have been owed them Lord I pray for them in the name of Jesus God surprise them with a large catch 153 fish 21 to 1 I don't know about you but I enter into that revelation it becomes the ongoing reality of my life that every time I need one 21 will show up and because I'm anchoring on the written word it's not my imagination it's not my figment it's not, it's not my imagination I walk in that I pray for you that you walk in the same you will pay those debts you will pay those bills you will not be stuck thank you Holy Father real quick if there's anyone here who has not received the life of Jesus in the sacredness of this moment wherever you are just place your hand on your chest I forgot to tell those who made the for the first time to see some of the officers, uh, officials earlier. Wherever you are, if you want to receive the life of Jesus, place your hand on your chest. Officers, can you look around? I'm not going to ask anyone to come to the front, but place your hand on your chest. Let your eyes be closed, everybody. It's not a show. We're still in that atmosphere of worship. But wherever you are, place your hand on your chest. If there's an officer, welcome team. Come on, guys. Fidel, jump in that pool. Find, find those whose hands are on their chest and spot them so that we can communicate with them, so that we can, we can help them, guide them, help them walk through thank you Holy Spirit for those lives that are touched make sure that we, we communicate with them thank you Jesus thank you Jesus for the harvest of souls we adore you, we honor you, we glorify adulate, magnify you God thank you, thank you, thank you thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus in Jesus name of prayed. if you got something from heaven this morning can you put those hands together can you celebrate God? Can you celebrate God? Hallelujah. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.